The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions to apply. Hey yo, John Arenas, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 280. Oh, I just mentioned it to my co-host. I forgot already. 280. He's not allowed to talk either, so I have to do it on my own. 283. Welcome to episode 283. Uh, let's dedicate it to my son, Nathan. Why not? Because uh, he just started a new podcast with me tagging along, and it's already top 10 in Canada in music podcasts. So this goes out to Nathan and his Sloan A to Z podcast. If you want to listen to another fun podcast with me on it and with a co-host that interrupts me constantly like this one, then that's the spot for you. Uh, this is not a music podcast. Uh, and this person, this co-host on this podcast, I've kind of got whipped into shape now not to not to speak until he's actually spoken to, which is good, which is what uh, all my child should learn that too. But uh, this is a MMA podcast. No UFC this week, but that's not a problem, as you know, uh, because my co-host is a savant when it comes to betting non-MMA Non, non-MMA, hmm, maybe, but non-UFC have events. Um, he, he's pretty good with UFC, too. He's kind of hit and miss, hot and cold with the UFC, but, you know, he's not bad. He he has his moments, but uh, with regional MMA or non anything that's not, not UFC, we're going to call regional, he kills it. That's what made him the Gumby Guide. I'm actually wearing that shirt as we speak. Go to the Sports Gambling Podcast store, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Um, get your Tuesday Night Miracles Gumby Guide t-shirt. I'm wearing it right now. It's nice and soft, just like he is. So let's bring him in, uh, the one and only Gumby Freeland. Hello. I, I'm glad that your son learned all of his tricks of podcasting <laughs> yep. from me and not from you. And he was, <laughs> and, and, and he was like the, the guy who's banned we're doing it on Sloan. The like main guy like said that Nathan's the breakout star of the podcast. That really hurts. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're hurts you're too ego. established. You're too established of a veteran to That's be true. the breakout, I can't break star. out now. Yeah, yeah, you. That's like that's like expecting a breakout from Andrew McCutcheon going to the Pirates. Andrew like, McCutcheon, he, yes, there's a there's a call out. Andrew yeah. McCutcheon, back you're, to the you're, yeah, you're kind of like Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, back back to the Pirates. I pretty, uh, pretty reliable. You're always yep. here with me, even though you tried out something new for a little bit. Now you're back to the Pirates. <laughs> yep, it's true. I always uh, had him in my uh, waiver wire columns last year, so that is. Uh, that's a name I know quite well. Kutch. Maybe he'll make my waiver wire, baseball waiver wire articles this year too. Who knows? Um, all right. What we talked about this episode, Gumby, we talked about what last episode was PFL challengers, even though they've already changed the fight on us after we recorded, but that's the way it goes. What are we doing uh, this go around? So this time we're going to talk about LFA uh, 151. That one is live from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, coming at you Saturday, and I've got some really good news about this fight card, um, which starts at 8 p.m. Uh, at uh, Eastern Time, of course. We're always talking about Eastern Time, which is our favorite time. Um, we are uh, going to be breaking down that card, but also good news now, it has prelims that are now available on Fight Pass as well. Oh, cool. Card. So you don't we won't be breaking that down. Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't just get the prelims or the main card like you usually do. You also get the prelims. So very exciting. 
Um, we won't be breaking those down. We'll just be breaking down the main card. But uh, you can you can still watch them, and that's fun. Yes, it is fun. As is trying to record with two dogs all over me and a kid walking back and forth, <laughs> yeah. asking me to help him with things. I kind of but... tried to stall there. I don't know if you caught it, but I, I was yep. stumbling over my own words. I was matter. like, I can tell he's he's dealing with dogs or kids or both. <laughs> and uh, I if I just talk a little longer, it'll be fine. <laughs> he, he's on the phone now talking to the grandparents. So hopefully that will uh, occupy him for a little bit. So Because uh, I, I do need to tell you people about WinBet before we jump into things. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. And the NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100. Get $100. Limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. Hopefully, Dredney is getting in there. Dredney from the um, Discord is a killer recently, nailing props and parlays. So... Uh, hopefully he is listening. I'm sure he is. There's so much to choose from. All I have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So they know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. It is pretty funny looking at the um, podcast rankings. It's like New York Times, Rolling Stone, and then it's like my son's podcast is kind of silly. <laughs> a 12-year-old is uh, is ranking up there with all these corporations that probably put millions of dollars in, into their work, but that's the world of the podcast. You, so. you didn't give your kid a million dollars to start? Not yet, no. no. He, I, he didn't give him any seed money for it, so we shall see. <laughs> the dogs are very excited that I'm recording somewhere different today, so they always want to be a part of uh, me recording. So Gumby locks his dogs upstairs to chase after dinosaurs, but not me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's but that's because that's because uh, Michael Bisping uh, gets a little too excited. So well, so does Little Miss Lula. We shall see if she gets excited. Uh, they're now wrestling behind me. As we're gonna we're gonna power through this anyhow. We're gonna do flyweights first, right? Yeah. For Seattle, <laughs> Ferreira, Ferreira. Is it Ferreira? Ferreira. Ferreira. Yeah. Ferreira. That's what I figured. Yeah. Versus Matias Bronze. All right. All right. Um, bronze. No, actually, we're gonna do Ferreira first. Eight and three, three knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. So he's been finishing all of his fights that he's lost. Oh, and one in LFA. However, he's won two straight fights in four or five, plus 274. Bronze, Madrika, which means, do you know what that means? M A G R I C A. I don't know. Skinny is his nickname, Skinny. which is, I guess, fitting if he is going to be a flyweight. Eight and one, two knockouts, three submissions, never been finished in a fight, one and oh in LFA which he won his last fight via TKO. He's won two straight fights. He used to fight at Bantamweight, as most flyweights have done. Two inches taller than Fejea, minus 349. Go ahead. So first of all, I think you... Did you, did you get the right line on this one? All right, I think let me you check might again. Have, you think I might have I think you have the wrong lines? line on this one. I think you have the line on Anderson Fajeda, who we're talking about later. Right. Oh, yes, excuse me. Matias Bronze, minus 180. And, um, and and Marciano Fajeda plus 150. Let me see. Yes, I am. Okay. Doing, that, that's why I'm not a breakout star, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Things, so, things like that. so there, there are just two Fajedas on this card, and I had uh, both those fights. I actually confused them when I was doing research, so that uh, don't don't feel like you're alone on that one. So, oh, so you're dumb too. That's good enough. Yeah, yeah. I'm also dumb, but I'm good at making picks on these, and I'm gonna take an underdog straight out of the gate here. I, I like Marciano Fajeda. Um. Here's the rough breakdown of how this fight's going to go down. Marciano Fajeda is a brawler. Uh, in all of the fights I've seen of him, he, he's perfectly, perfectly content 
uh, taking one to give one. As long as as long as he's going to be able to hit you with two, he's very happy getting hit with one. He switches stances mid combination sometimes, which make him uh, bo- both a little bit deadlier and sometimes a little susceptible to getting smacked upside the head. Um, and the thing is, is he he also is not. Man, this is uh, not maybe the most glowing recommendation, but he's not the best defensively in addition to allowing himself to get hit. He also like is one of those guys who when he is being defensive on striking, it's just kind of more of a lean than it is a, uh, you know, throwing up defense or cutting angles or things like that. So he just wants to get in your face and throw a whole bunch. So it's a weird style, but I actually think it plays really well against Bronze, who is a guy who when I've seen him overly pressured, particularly early in fights, he shows up a little bit. He's a guy who uh, who kind of covers up and waits for the other guy to finish throwing rather than countering or doing too much circling. I think that's a problem against a guy who's completely happy being in front of you, throwing as much as he possibly can. So if bronze isn't countering, you really lose all of that advantage that you would typically get against Marciano Fajeda. Marciano Fajeda is a guy you can take advantage of if uh, if maybe you're ready to return fire or you're ready to counter or, hey, maybe you're ready to shoot a takedown when he overextends himself one time. And Bronze just doesn't seem to be that. In addition to that, I, I don't know that he's got the wrestling acumen to to take advantage of Fajeda in that realm. So I think Fajeda winds up with a lot of advantages here, the aggression being the primary one. Uh, and I'm going to take him here at dog money out the gate. He sounds like fun regardless, whether he wins or loses. He's yeah, it's gonna get hit. So that's I, in my uh, in my LFA one fifty one article, which you can check yeah. out just in case you uh, you forget all the picks that I make on this uh, this fight card. Uh, I do say that he will probably be the most fun person to watch on this fight card, even if he's not the best. Uh, Marciano Fajeda is going to be a good time. All right, how about the next fight? We're gonna move up to featherweight. Jonas Bilharino versus Caio Machado. One of those. Uh, mix and match uh, Brazilian names, Caio and Machado. Probably De Silva also, or De Souza added to the end. But um, all right, Machado, Lionheart is a nickname 16 and 7, eight knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once, one and two in LFA. He's won two straight and five of six. Was a regional champ, used to fight down at Bantamweight 2011. He's been a pro MMA fighter since, so he's a veteran. Despite this, he is three years younger than Bill Harino, plus 200. Bill Harino Shiva is the nickname. 10, 2, and 1. Seven knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out one time. 1-1 one one in LFA. He did win his last fight. 1-0 in the Contender Series. Did he did he win with like a spinning something and he didn't get a contract? Is yeah, that correct? He, he, won by, he won by wheel kick. He beat uh, yeah. Kenan Kawahe, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And why would he not get a contract for that? Dana loves spinning stuff. Well, so the thing is about uh, Bill Harino is if, if he, he picked up that win now, uh, he'd have been signed really quickly yeah. and he'd have a fight booked in a month. The thing is he won that way. I think it was two seasons ago. And you'll remember back then Dana wanted to be assured that it was like you, you were ready for the UFC back then. Yep. You know, he didn't just used to sign everybody. Yeah. And Bill Harino put together a pretty shitty performance in that fight. He was held against the cage a lot. Um, he couldn't seem to get out of his own way. He threw a lot of spinning shit that missed. Um, all, all things that kind of had Dana White off him until just like one thing landed. So he might've been losing that fight right up until he, he picked up a wheel kick knockout and not good enough back then. Okay. Good enough. Uh, what else can I tell you about him? Multiple regional championships on his mantle used to fight at Bantamweight 2011 pro debut. So both these guys are the same former Bantamweight's 2011 pro debuts. He's two inches taller than Machado, four inches reach on him minus two fifty. 
So uh, for the same reason Dana White was kind of off Bill Herino, I was as well. I, I thought the fact that he got backed up too easily and that he wound up in too many clinches and, you know, that he only seemed to do the flashy stuff because it's flashy and fun and not because it worked. It all had me off of him. And then his first fight outside of the contender series, he lost that fight immediately. Uh, he, he lost to uh, Ho- Jose Delano, who we'll talk about a little bit later on. And I was like, oh, that you know confirms my suspicion he wasn't ready for the ufc but in his last fight he actually assuaged quite a few of those concerns for me not only did he manage to keep around some of the things that make him great which is that he is kind of unpredictable and that his kicks are very fast but he also seemed to work on his takedown defense and he seemed to work on ways to be successful in the clinch and not just kind of like sit there and try to wait for his moment to get out. He started driving knees to the body and using that to get underhooks and then working away that way. A lot more technical stuff. So uh, first of all, I'm a little bit higher on him after his last fight than I was before uh, when I was like kind of good that the UFC passed on him. And he's fighting the perfect opponent for him to fight. Uh, Kai Machado, really wide kind of winging hooks he throws everything looks like it's telegraphed you know exactly what he's about to throw a whole second before he throws it and in addition to that like his default stance is kind of like all up and high and tight he does keep his hands close to his body but like he's not in a very athletic position when he's getting ready to strike and I think when you remember that he's going to have you know, a reach disadvantage here against Billarino and that Billarino wants to strike at you from, you know, six miles away with seven spins. Like a guy who's not using any length is is going to have a very tough time with that against Billarino. So I think Billarino's flashy stuff here is safe. I think it's okay. I don't think it's going to get him in any kind of trouble. And additionally, uh, I, I think this is just the perfect opponent for him. So might be a little chalky, but I'll take Billarino here. You swerved us made us think you weren't going to take him and then boom he takes him hey, all right me. <laughs> yep always always entertaining we're moving up to lightweight milson castro anderson fajaya another one another classic brazilian name uh fajaya buzica is the nickname aka do you know what that means actually i'm supposed to ask you buzica. i don't but i do know they call him mostly buzica they just buzica. don't actually call him fajaya all that often the bush the bush? Yes. Get out of here, bush. really? <laughs> yes. They call me the old gray bush. Those the hockey, the fantasy SGP and hockey guys call me, call me the uh, the do, old do, gray bush. So do you uh, get that uh, reference? Yes, because I'm old and gray. No, no. What's it's it from? Reference, it's a reference to a movie. Something I haven't seen, right? Yeah, it's a reference to Grandma's Boy. They call the uh, old programmer the old programmer at their uh, their video game company, Old Gray Bush. Never even heard of that movie. Huh. Grandma's Boy? It's nope. a it's a Happy Madison joint. It's really? A, yeah, no no uh, no Adam Sandler in it, but like all of his buddies huh. are in it. Is, yeah, is uh, Bahia a Freya in it? I don't think Anderson so. Fahea? No, no, no I don't think should. so. <laughs> Anyhow, he, he's the bush. He, he's not uh, old and gray yet like me. He's 16 and four, 14 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. This is his LFA debut. He's won two straight fights. Last one via TKO. Was a regional champion. Used to fight at featherweight. 2012 pro MMA debut. Five inches taller than Castro, plus 320. Castro, uh, his last name, his nickname is Brow. Do you know what Brow means? Uh, I don't, actually. Baron. Baron? Yeah, Baron. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. He's 14 and three, three knockouts, four submissions, been knocked out once, submitted once. This is also his uh, LFA debut. He's won 13 straight fights. He's not lost since July of 2016. 2012 Pro MMA debut. He also is a pro kickboxer. He's three years younger than Fahea. I think he's taking this in short notice. Is that correct? 
He's a Phil Cast- Emily. Had the Castro? Yeah. Um, I think. Let me see uh, there what my a... sources tell me. Let me check. Yes, Roosevelt Roberts was supposed to fight Castro, actually. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's correct. So, yep. Fahea, excuse me. Fahea is the is the short notice guy. Correct. My, my yep. apologies, sir. Um, that would explain the minus 400 line for Castro. That, that would help explain that a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, and I'm going to take the dog money here. Uh, I, I know it's a yeah, huge swing on an underdog here, and part of it's because he's on short notice. But I actually think his style plays pretty well into beating Nilsson Castro because Castro is a guy who's kind of um, – who's kind of utilized the idea that he's got very long arms uh, and, and he, he works with a pretty long reach. Cause despite the fact that he's giving up five inches of height here, he's only giving up three inches of reach. So, you know, the, the height advantage clearly in Fajeda's department, but not as much in the reach. And, but the, the problem is, is while he's, he sometimes does a really good job of using that reach. Sometimes when somebody gets into an extended exchange with him, he just starts to crowd them and he gets closer and closer and closer and closer to them. And then all of a sudden his reach isn't worth a shit. Um, and, and like he winds up throwing, I, I've seen it in multiple fights. He throws this weird, like it's a mix between like an overhand right and a hammer fist at the same time. Um, but what it winds up being is ineffective. That's the best thing to say that it is at the end of the day. It's wildly ineffective. So Castro does this thing where he like gets in too close and that's not good for a couple of reasons. Number one is because he's better when he's at range using those long lanky arms and stuff like that. But then number two, because he gives up clinches and he gives up takedowns and he gives up stuff in close range. Now I don't think Fajeda or Bazika, if you want to call him Bazika is going to be the type of guy to look for it. He is a Thai style fighter. You can tell from the minute you watch him, he's got that, you know, that, the high hands, they're turned like a tie fighter. Um, he picks up his front foot like a tie fighter sometimes. And he loves uppercuts and knees right down the middle. Um, so I, I think that if Castro winds up getting too close, you're going to see him get tie plumbed. You're going to see him throw knees and eat knees. And in addition to that, even if he keeps the range, he actually doesn't have a reach advantage in this fight, right? Like, so even the spot where he's supposed to be his absolute best, he might be at a disadvantage here against Buzika. So I know Buzika's on short notice. I know that that's, you know, sometimes a, a sketchy pick to make, but also like, I don't know how short of notice this is because it's, you know, an LFA card in Brazil and they don't keep things up to date so quickly. And who knows, maybe he was planning on being on this card anyway, or maybe he was planning on fighting somewhere else recently. But like, man, I think stylistically Buzika can give a lot of issues to Milton Castro. All right, there we go. Got me giving up the big dogs for you. We moving on to the co-main event is for the Alpha vacant strawweight championship. So you know what my next question is, Dan. Why is it vacant? Why is it vacant? They signed uh, Amorium, uh, who is the uh, Jackie Amorium with right. the strawweight champion. I believe it was Jackie Amorium, uh, and the UFC has already signed her. There you go. Okay. Um, so we got Julia Palastri versus Brenda Gottig for the vacant strawweight title, 115 pounds. Five five minute rounds. Um, tell you about Gotig first. Arinta, Arenita. So it's R E N I T A. Do you know what that means? Arinta. It's got to be small something. Sandstone. Sandstone. Yeah. All right. According according to the the Google. Um, all right. That, that's a that's a weird one because that's typically not a very strong stone. <laughs> well, that's why you said it was gonna be little. So there you go. Um, she is a strong fighter. Those six and zero. Oh. 
as a pro. Four knockouts, one submission. This will be her debut, so she's stepping right into a title fight. Used to fight at flyweight plus two four. That's all I got for her. Palastri the Dragon. We know what that means. She's ten and three. Four knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. One known LFA. She won her last fight via knockout. She's won two straight fights. She went 0-1 on the Contender Series. She lost to Jasmine Jesuda Vicious. Jasmine Jesuda Vicious, correct. Was a regional champion. Used to fight down at Adam Weight. Is also a pro grappler. She's the one who has like a buttload of grappling fights. Someone I did research for had. No, it wasn't her. Never mind. No, she it's got to be. Grappler. It's got to be the one we're doing tomorrow. The first yep. fight. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> she's seven years younger than Gautig. Minus three hundred. Yeah. So uh, I. What did you say was the price? Minus three hundred for her. Plus two forty for Gautig. Man, did I see a much closer number recently? Oh, fine. I'll check Get it on in. those numbers, dude. They're, they've changed so much. Yeah. <laughs> I did it, yeah, because I did this last night. Let me see. That's the thing. They do change quite quickly with well, uh, well, so they, regional they stuff. Cha- minus so, 165 for Palastri. So the num- money is coming in on Gautig. So it's minus 165 I'll give you for her, and I'll give you a plus 140 for Gautig. Is that better? Good. Yeah, yeah, that's way better. That's way better. And for people who think I'm just cherry-picking the ones I want to, Anderson Fajeda still also a plus 320 underdog even today at the time. So just for people who are wondering why do the numbers fluctuate so much early on, it's because there are a couple of sports books that post these fights way before anybody else um, to try to get a feel for the market. They're offshore ones. They're not ones as great as WinBet, but they're offshore ones. And what they do is they post these fights with the numbers that they think are right. And then they post them with very, very, very low maximum amounts on the bet. So like you might be able to bet, you know, you might've originally been able to bet got to get that plus 300 number or plus 400 number you just said, but only bet like no more than like five bucks or 10 bucks. Like that was the max bet on it. So they set those up so that they can get a feel for the market. And then once they've seen a couple of bets come in, whatever their size, they know a little bit more where it is and they can adjust it a little bit better. So this is the more adjusted line. It's the negative 165. And I'll tell you what, I love this line on Julia Plastery. I actually think it should be close to what Jeff originally quoted me, which is that negative 300 where it started because Plastery is that much better than Gautic. Um, She, I, I think she's getting a bad rap due to her loss to Jasmine Jesudavisius, who first of all is a very big, strong, powerful woman. And she was able to sort of take Palastri down and control her and like body her up in the clinch. But as you mentioned, Palastri used to fight at Adam weight and, and Jesuda Vicious could not make Adam weight if she tried. Um, and when that fight was on the feet, Palastri was actually getting the better of a lot of those exchanges. I'll take Julia Palastri here because Brenda Gottig, she's a fighter who fights with her chin, first of all, way up in the air. So I think she's going to get popped. I think Palastri is the type of person who can pop her pretty much whenever she needs to. And I think the other thing about Gautig too, is that while she's won a whole bunch by ground and pound or while she's won a whole bunch by whatever other, you know, submissions or groundwork or in general like that, she's not particularly great at getting that to the ground. She kind of muscles her takedowns and she's fought some very low level of competition if you look at her record and if you looked at any of the film on it too it's even worse so like i think she's just kind of been beating up really terrible fighters on the ground i think she doesn't get plastered to the ground and the difference here on the feet is so astronomical i i think you're gonna wish you had plaster at that at that very nice number all right get on it while you can uh, before sharps like dan mess up the lines on you all right Main event time. It's the tournament championship. Featherweight tournament. It's not crowning a champion, right? It's just for the 
tournament championship? Yeah, it's for the tournament championship. I don't know where it fits into their ultimate title picture, but this Brazilian tournament they're doing has been a lot of fun, uh, and it's fun to be coming to a close. But, yeah, I don't know how it fits into their overall picture. All right, so in the finals, Jose Delano versus Gabriel Santos. As I said, featherweights, they're doing five five-minute rounds as if it is a title fight here. So uh, Santos, Mosquitino. Muscu- Do you know what that means? Uh, tiny mosquito? Yes. Mosquito, yeah. but yes, Eno means tiny. So yes, he's a tiny. I don't know how you can get tinier than a mosquito, but he's even tinier. Uh, he's 9-0, Santos. Two knockouts, four submissions. He's 1-0 in LFA. Won his last review TKO. Multiple regional championships on his mantle. Used to fight at downweight class and upweight class. So flyweight and featherweight. Is a pro grappler. One inch taller than Delano, plus 205. Delano Z is the nickname Zeddy. He's 12-1. and one. Sorry, excuse me, 12 and 2, three knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted one time. 3 and 0 in LFA, won his last one via TKO. He's won 11 straight fights. He's not lost since April of 2015. He also was a regional champion. Used to fight at Featherweight. Uh, excuse me, used to fight down at Bantamweight, minus 255. So I'm Are those correct- numbers okay for you? Um, would you say negative 255? Yeah. For Delano? I think it's right around there. Actually, he might right. have even shot up, shot up a little bit. Let me let me get my. It doesn't my- matter. Yeah, I got him negative. I got him. I got him negative three twenty five now. So he has shot up a little bit. Too, All right, so. three twenty five. It is then. So yeah, I, I should be fair because I, I took uh, I took the better numbers on on Palastri and the better number on Anderson Fajeda. I, I might as well take the better or the worst number here to to be completely fair. I, I will say uh, this. I I want to quickly correct his nickname is is Zay, not Z. Oh, excuse uh, because, me. Because his name is Jose. Uh, oh so he's, yeah, yeah. He's right. just they. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's actually good. Yeah, it's it's a pretty easy one, and, and maybe not the most fun nickname. Um, but yeah, no, Delano deserves to be like a negative three twenty five favorite here. He he's really good. He's the one who beat Jonas Villarino, who made me uh sort of confirm my doubts of Villarino, but totally shouldn't have because Delano he's he's a beast. He's super light on his feet. He's lefty. He's also in addition to being light on his feet, he's really smart. Uh, he, he starts off being very simple, jabs and straight punches, keeping himself out of range, cutting good angles. Um, and then once he starts to get comfortable, he really unloads on people and he's got a lot of power. Um, I don't like how defensive he is early in fights um, because sometimes it looks like he's going to drop a round or two. But the good news is this is a five round fight. So even if he drops a round or two by being due defensive earlier, he's going to make that up later. And the bonus here, Gabriel Santos, he's coming off of a fight where early in the fight ate a ton of leg kicks. Early in the fight got popped on the chin, almost knocked out. He rebounded mostly with his wrestling. He rebounded by, you know, using that wrestling to sort of give himself time to recover. Actually, that might have been two fights ago. But uh, regardless, he used that wrestling to sort of recover and then got back into the fight and ultimately won it. Now, the problem is here, you get popped once on the chin by Delano, you don't recover. You're out. You're cold. Number two, even if you do try to recover with your wrestling, the bummer when you're fighting Delano is Delano is so strong in the clinch. So even if that does wind up happening to be the way that you're trying to avoid it, I don't think you will. So give me Jose Delano here, even with the fat number. Maybe he's a good one to to like parlay with Jonas Villarino because I think both of those two you know, th- those numbers have kind of inflated a little bit, but I, I still think both of them uh, out there are going to win this weekend. All right. So there you go. That is all the fights worthy of making picks on. There's other good fights on the card. I, I take it, right? 
Yeah, there's a lot of like fun prospects down there. Yeah. Um, LFA 151 has got a whole bunch of things, and now you can watch those fun prospects which you couldn't previously before. Go. So get in. My on dog those. doesn't want to though. Your dog or the, or he's too excited for him. One of the two. They, they're they're putting on a show for everyone. They decide they're going to wrestle. I didn't tell everybody when this card is. It's LFA 151 Delano versus Santos Saturday. This coming I think Saturday. I, I think I did too. Yeah, though, you did. Yeah, except 9 p.m. <laughs> I have it listed at. You said eight. It says nine on Tapology, so I don't know. Their poster says eight, uh, but okay. maybe yep. and, and and of course the prelims I There's think are prelims, available. Right? The, yeah, I think they're available even earlier. I think you could probably right. watch those at like seven or six thirty or something. And it's UFC fight fight pass Sao Paulo Brazil. All right, I'll give you all the dance picks and I'll get out of here and try to break up a uh, dog play fight. All right, Delano. <laughs> Can we get Colastri. odds on the play fight? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, the, the girl dog always wins, even though she's smaller. I think I think the big guy lets it lets her win. Uh, Delano, a big favorite. Palastri, a small favorite. Fahea, a big dog. Bill Halrino, a big favorite. And Fahea, a, a, a pretty nice dog. Does that sound right? That sounds right to me. I don't have pretty nice dogs. I have a rotten dogs. All right. <laughs> we're, we're out of here. Make sure you get into our Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Make sure you get into Twitter, SGPN MMA. I'm Jeff Fox Writer. He's going to be Reeland. All our stuff is sportsgamblingpodcast.com. <laughs> God, they love Her, sports gambling podcast. Uh, yes. They love it. <laughs> uh, they love it. The dogs um, what are else barking at LFA 151. There's your make sure you, your make title. sure you listen to the, the top turtle MMA podcast uh, the, of Gumby's other podcast and read my stuff at moneymma.substack.com. And that's enough. I've had enough uh, until <laughs> we meet again, which will be tomorrow. I will remain Buzika, the gray Buzika. I don't know how to say gray, but in Portuguese, but I'll be Buzika Jeff Fox. He will remain Madrika Gumby Vreeland. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.